because that's the part that the world isn't really teaching you. The world is teaching you, all right, you did that business practice wrong, and now here's your $13,000 error. I just remember that moment of thinking, I can do this, and I can make money at this, and I'm not gonna have to like completely figure it out some other way. Change is inedible. Like every every success happens because you change something, and you and you. It was a fear that was within you. Motivation only lasts for a short amount of time, but discipline is what carries you forward. I can't do this on my own. Period. Are you looking at your business in terms of emotion, or are you looking at your business in terms of what's practical? I still believe that America is the best country in the world. Where can kid of immigrants? with no education, become a physician. This is Small Business Celebration, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Welcome to season six here on Small Business Celebration. And we're gonna be talking in this episode about gatekeepers, we're gonna be talking about networking, we're gonna be talking about a variety of other things. And we're also gonna be doing the Visioneer game. And I, I have to admit, Visioneers, I had no idea this was gonna be so well received. Well, okay, I, Emily knew and Nicole knew, obviously, and, and Tamla kept telling me, yes, this is gonna be great. But I had no idea. The, the feedback that I've been getting from you visioners has been fantastic. And our guest this week is April McGill, the owner of April McGill Photography. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Hi, Michael, welcome, thank you. Welcome to my studio. And for <laughs> visioners who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? Sure. So my name is April Masario McGill. I own April McGill Photographer and Coach, which is my commercial side of my business, and I do coaching. And then April and Co Photographers, and that is an event company where we focus on commercial events to promote and market anything from nonprofits to corporate companies. And we also do drone work. Drones. That is cool stuff. But even better than that, we're in a house. We are. And we're this, in a house. And this place is special because this is like one gigantic studio because you don't live here. I don't. No. It is an entire prop house. Yeah. So we use the kitchen for foods or just the countertops that are beautiful for product shots. Right. We can be setting up a dining set in the dining room, anything commercial where they're eating around a table, use the living room for lounging on the couch, lifestyle portraits, a lot of that within really? the commercial world right. for branding and lifestyle shoots. And that's the thing that's important in all this is because you do a lot of commercial photography. Yes, well, that's what we focus on is okay. commercial and advertising. But how did this all start? Did you just wake up one day, you went down to Best Buy and you went ahead and bought a camera and starts, you know, taking pictures and said, I'm a photographer. Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> well, what happened? So I think just as a young child, mm -hmm. playing with cameras, film cameras, of course. Right. Posing my friends with our dolls in my bedroom. Doing the whole like, Vogue thing. Yeah, yeah, just having fun right. and asking my mom to develop it, and she would. And then my dad got a bigger, better camera and nice. photographing the dog and flowers on a summer day board. Right. Right. And I just really felt at peace and I was having fun and I loved to get them back from the store and like see my pictures. Right. And little did I know that that would someday translate just into something of, well, do what you love. In high school, right. our teacher gave us 
a camera and we had a photography assignment. Nice. So I'm photographing my friends, which I was kind of used to. I love to do that anyway. Right. She said, April, you did a really great job. And I was just like, thank you. You know, I love photography. Right. And she told me about a program in Philadelphia, the University of the Arts. So the summer before my senior year, literally jetted off after the last day of junior year, I spent the summer by myself in Philadelphia going to the University of the Arts and taking photography courses. It was kind of where my mom was sort of like, okay, figure out if this is really what you want to do. Otherwise, like, you've got to go to college for, like, something real. <laughs> sure. You have to get a respectable degree, like accounting or something, right? Yes, of course, <laughs> right? And so I went, and I loved it. Fiercely independent already, you know, even as a child. So it's like, I'm going in, I'm doing this. And I was fully supported, thankfully, by them in that regard, that they met me and picked me up on my last day and saw the art I had done and... I said, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to go to Brooks. Brooks? Institute of Photography. Uh-huh. And so... Why did you choose them? I chose them basically because at the time, they were the place. Okay. Like, that is where... You know how a lawyer is like, I'm going to Harvard, right? right. That would be the epitome of their education. Right. Well, that was what I thought, right? Right. And it had an air about its alumni that they were very successful. These are people who went off to Disney and shot everything we saw in the malls right. and everywhere around you in billboards and magazines, these were the graduates. There's also another important part of this that Brooks does that even physicians who go to the, the top medical schools mm -hmm. in the world doesn't have, they taught you the business side. Of photography too, didn't they? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I wish. Okay. I think they tried. Right. But we weren't there for business, uh -huh. right? We were there to hone in on a craft and right. learn it from the inside out because that's the part that the world isn't really teaching you. True. Right? right. The world right. is teaching you, all right, you did that business practice wrong. And right. now here's your $13,000 error. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Have a nice day. Yeah. Well, and, and how did you learn the business side of things? I didn't want to be at the mercy of anyone else, and I didn't want to be an assistant for life. Mm. So when you take that step, not only are you realizing, okay, I'm going out there, and I have to be fully self-motivated, fully self-disciplined, everything. Right. But I now have to take on all the tasks of owning a business, right? which is the books. Right. And customer service, the networking part, all that part that is sort of sometimes the most mundane part of owning a business for some people. Right. And I always say the photography world, if you're owning your own business, is 10% creating and the rest is retouching, all the papers, right. the, the government side, right. filing your taxes properly, sure. all that sort of thing. When you started your business, mm -hmm. you had the intent of being one type of photographer. Yeah. And then it evolved and changed. Yes. What did you start off with? What did you evolve to and why? My very first job, because I had to get a job right out of right. college. Right. And though we interned 
in school. Right. And we're with these amazing photographers who are mentoring us. Right. You're out there on your own after right. that. You have to go get your own clients. Day. Yeah. Right. It's a different story. Right. So, like I said, unless you want to be the assistant for life, right. you really have to just take the low-hanging fruit first. Which, which was? Picture people in the mall. Oh, okay. All right. And so I applied, and they called me back saying, why do you want to work here? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm in L.A. I'm new to L.A. I know... No major industry if I want to be on my own. Now, if I want to be assistant for life, there it I'm is. in. Right. <laughs> but if I don't, and I could be assistant and be building a portfolio. That's right. fine. I was like, that's not the way. That's not my way. I just really listened to myself, and I followed that. And so I had to kind of take the humility card, and I went in there, and they said, well, do you want to be the studio manager? So you're going to be training all the photographers you're going to be cleaning all the backdrops, ordering our stuff, hanging the images up that you think look best for sales. And so that's where I started. I went in a management position. What was the breakthrough that was your first job as your own photographer with your own business? I think that was when I moved back to Bakersfield okay. after living in New York City. Right. And you're still assisting there, right? Right, right. My dad got sick, and so my mom said, you're too far away, you need to come back. Right. So I start where pretty much everyone, I started over again. Right. And I started where pretty much everyone starts, and that's portraiture, which my degree is in commercial advertising and a minor in portraiture, because I knew right. I wanted to photograph people. I basically had a sale. That was a $2,400 sale. Right. A couple months in. Right. Of a family. And they looked at me during my sales presentation, right? Because I put up all the pictures. Right. I bring a projector and like go through this slideshow for the emotional response. Sure. And they're like crying. Right. And it was wonderful. But it was a $2,400 sale. And they turned to me and said, is that good? Is that like going to help you out? And I looked at them and was like, is that good? Are you happy with your pictures? Like we love them. Like, thank you. You know, we like really hope that your business thrives here. And they were a family friend, but that didn't matter. They, I've had family friends pay me 50 bucks. Like, you right. get an 8 by 10 You know right. what I mean? Sure. I just remember that moment of thinking, okay, I can do this, and I can make money at this, and I'm not going to have to, like, completely just figure it out some other way. Tell me the differences in commercial photography. Commercial photography, you're basically photographing to promote... Mm -hmm or sell mm -hmm. a person, product, brand, service, or idea. A noun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm here to visually market for a company and make them money. Ah. I want to see them be successful. Right. And I want to be a part of that process. If I'm approached by a company who has no creative direction, I can do that. Or if I'm approached by a company who says, this is our annual report, pictures we want and we need it just like this. Or these are our website photos for the hospital and we need them just like this. I can create that. So it's mm -hmm. anything to promote or market in general and make company or nonprofit or person money. Is that when you started the coaching side of things? No. 
but that was helpful. Okay. I started coaching, I want to say about eight years ago. Okay. And I just took on one-on-one clients. Okay. And it was more, I have this camera, what do I do with it? Or I want to become a photographer. Mm. How? Right. Right? And the business part of it. Because you teach the business side of photography as well. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. Yes. Something that didn't do at Brooks for you. No, because okay. I had to go out and experience that. And now I'm like, I don't want you making the same mistake. Here right. we go. I'm going to help you here. Right. And I think there's a lot of people who are afraid to take the leap because they don't know how to make the money. They have an eye. They love it. But now how do I make the money and not be a one-hit wonder and be here for two years? Because that happens a lot. Right. They try it for two years and then the numbers aren't making sense and they go back to whatever corporate was job they were doing or whatever before, they right? were doing before that they were trying to kind of not stay in. Right. And a lot of your commercial work, your corporate work, as we in the entertainment industry call it, okay. you actually do a firm out of a hearing house. You go through and you set things up in the kitchen, you do product placements, you do close-up shots, you do those kinds of things here in the house as well, but do you not? Yes. Here we do a lot of headshots. Mm. A lot of headshots. Right. This is as if they don't want to do on location. Right. You know, like certain things we have to be on location. But if they want to send me some product that's part of their marketing collateral, we'll just photograph it here and make it look nice. You know, create a little set. Like for wine, per se. Or when we had to photograph 208 pens. Right. You know, it's like that is all done here in studio. And then we set up on the couch and kind of do lounging with a cup of coffee, working on their computer, that kind of stuff. Just so it's a different setting and it's not in their office, which is also a great part of branding, but showing them like at home. And sometimes their home, they don't want us in their home. It's not presentable. So we go ahead and just bring them here. And if you don't like your home, you can always find a new one with our sponsor of our first vision your question, which is Mike Saba. Mike Saba is a Zillow premier agent with Watson Realty, born, raised, and never left Bakersfield. Give Mike Saba a call at 661-203-8406 or reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com today. Are you ready for the first vision your question? Okay, I'm ready. She's quaking in her boots. <sighs> Visioner Ian asks, we're learning as we're expanding and we brought on a couple salespeople to help expand our business, but they're having a hard time getting through the gatekeeper to reach the decision maker. What effective techniques have you found that work? The gatekeeper. The infamous gatekeeper. Yes. It reminds me of a speakeasy. Walking <laughs> <laughs> up and the little door. Password, the please. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Password. What's the password? Mm. The password is, I think, first, finding your connections that might be able to connect you mm. to that business. Got it. So don't think I need to go directly to the gatekeeper. I'm going to try to go around the gatekeeper first. Sure, right. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Right. But I feel like the gatekeeper is there to manage and control the flow to the actual person so they don't have to deal with sales, marketing calls all the time. Right, right. right. Heaven so, knows my phone is constantly going off with spam. <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. So that's basically their job as a filter. Right. So you want to always be respectful to them. Right. right. And right. if you have to call... And call again. Right. That's okay. More in the cold call strategy. Right. But I found with gatekeepers, 
It typically is also the actual person you need to talk to. They mm. don't have a gatekeeper. I don't have a gatekeeper. Sure. So when people ask me, hey, can you donate to this auction? Right. I'm there. Like, it's me. Right. Right? And so first find out, is there a gatekeeper? Mm. Or is it just kind of an illusion of like Sally at the front desk? And she's right. like, sure, go back. Like, <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> you You'd <know>? be surprised. <laughs> you would be. But I think respect first. Mm -hmm. If you are dealing with a gatekeeper, you have to do a few calls. Right connection mm. find the people who know that business so hey do you know who owns this ah there it and is and do you know what their name is hey who owns that company right or do you know someone who owns that company oh you know right, and that right. way when you call mm. the gatekeeper you use the owner's name got it hey i'm trying to reach michael mm. i'm just giving him a call is he in right now well, and one of the things it sounds like, too, is that if you're also making those connections and finding out who also knows the end person you're trying to reach, right. you have the ability to pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, Nicole Jones suggested that I give John Smith Absolutely. the call. But how, how does that work and how's that, how does that I help? think the referral and recommendation mm. route is a very successful one, okay. actually. Right. Because... You're personalizing it. It's like, I kind of know this person. Right. They might know this person, of mm. course, if it's a referral recommendation. So right. then you're instantly personified in a sense. You're not just right. a voice trying to sell them something. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, great. They may trust that person you know. Mm. So in turn, there's already a little seed of trust there right. with you. Right. It also sounds like it makes you not sound like you're reading from a list. Oh, yeah. You never want to sound like that. I don't care what sales script they give you. <laughs> it's you the wrong one. tweak that in a way that it sounds natural and authentic right. to right. you because they're going to know right away, oh, that's scripted. When you, as a photographer, you have a prospective client that you're trying to go after because you're sitting there going, you know, I would really like to mm -hmm. do you know, photography for XYZ client. What is your approach to go ahead and go after that particular prospect? So I think just showing my past work mm. and really emphasizing my value, mm. right? Right. My knowledge, right. my experience that's happened to photograph a three-day music festival in Utah. Right. I knew no one in Utah, but I wanted to photograph Lauren Hill and I wanted to photograph Adeza and they're, you know, musicians. Right. And I knew, okay... I'm going to get there and I'm going to figure this out. And so I filled out the media form. I had a few emails back and forth, showed some of my music work. Right. And they said, all right, come on up. And I'm in the pit at a three-day music festival. Sure. Woo, 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 some of my favorite woo. people with right. 150 fans behind me, like right. having the time of my life. Sure. And I think that's just it. It's like showing your value showing this is what I can do to solve your problem or this is how I can be a solution to you. And you're typically, at least in my experience, they're like, okay, yeah, sounds good, come by. Right. But had I not put the effort in and showed my value to them, they would have been like, who's this photographer girl from California that wants to come here? You know, I had to like really sell myself essentially, to them. And Visioneers, that brings us to the Visioneer game. Now, if you're not familiar with how the game works, what I have is on my phone, I've got an app that has a random word generator. And this word generator creates words out of thin air. 
I have no idea what the words are, but more importantly, neither does April. Oh. <laughs> and, and April's got to take these words and she's got to somehow apply them to her business. Mm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The very first word is graduate. Graduate? Graduate. All right. So the first thing that pops in my head is sure. a vision of me graduating, right? <laughs> All right, 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 right. <laughs> and what I've graduated to now since then. So I think graduate, let's take that back to gradual, right? Okay. And in business, right? once you arrive somewhere and you graduate at a goal, you got to keep going, create a next goal. I do believe in a powerful pause, though. Right. I believe that once you arrive at a goal, mm -hmm. you graduate to that place where right. you feel good about it and successful and okay, I got this, I nailed this one. Right. Take the pause, ruminate in that. Right. Feel blessed, like I'm here, good, gratitude's a good thing. And, and appreciate the accomplishment. Absolutely. Right. That is the powerful pause. I believe uh, in the powerful pause. Sure. That is a mantra of mine. And then get ready because you gotta set a new goal, graduate at that goal. Very good. Well done, you. First okay. one. There we go. Okay. Let's see. Our <laughs> second word is accident. Accident. <laughs> this is where the stories get really fun in our industry. This could be tragic, but I'm going to try to spin this. Accident. So I did not fall into my field by accident. Okay. I worked really hard. Right. Stayed very self and discipline motivated right. in every way. Wait, are you saying that you can actually make money in the fine arts and photography? Yes, and that's no accident. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, all right. You have to be very disciplined and very self-motivated and persevere. Right. And otherwise, you're just not gonna arrive. You're just not. Okay, our next word is friendly. Friendly. Friendly, you're good at this one. Oh, I love friendly people. <laughs> I love friendly feeling places. Friendly, I mean, who doesn't love that word already? So sure. let's say if you're gonna be in business, right? you have to be friendly and- Whether you want to or not, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Whatever happened at home, they don't care about. Right. You need to be friendly. Sure. And I feel like even in general, mm -hmm. when you show up for a photo shoot, right. Don't scowl at me unless you're a boxer or something, right? <laughs> like, smile, be friendly. If you could do something over again 10 years ago, mm -hmm. what would you do differently? I think I would really focus on editorial and speaking engagements. Why is that? I think I... I could probably make more money <laughs> if we're being serious right? because I can always do stuff on the side and there are things on the side I love to do with right. photography, right. but I don't want to do anything but work in photography in one way or the other. And I love the magazine world. I had a great time doing editorial and that sort of stuff. I connected with a lot of really cool people, right. you know, I think in that regard, I would focus really on editorial magazine work or big speaking engagements across the nation, 
where these keynote speakers are speaking so much truth and wisdom to you. It's like you always get to go to a masterclass every day. Right. <laughs> but you're get paid to be there. Right. And so I get to eat. I can be successful. But then I also get to meet like some really dynamic people. One of the things that you do very well, and part of the reason why I wanted to talk to April today, is because it's not what you photograph. It's who. Yeah. And one of the things, it doesn't take you very long to go through your Instagram page. <laughs> and it starts becoming a very much a who's who of not just Bakersfield, but of Kern County. And it hasn't come overnight. No. It's taken a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And it's something that brought me to this conversation and our next visionary question. Which is brought to you okay. by Mike Saba, a Zillow Premier agent with Watson Realty, selling Bakersfield homes since 1992. Give Mike Saba a call at 661-203-8406 or reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com today. Visioner Vivian asks, I've heard numerous owners on this show talk about the importance of networking, but nobody has talked about how you network with people once you're at a mixer or at a meeting. How do you make that connection with people without making the conversation uncomfortable? And I totally relate to this because I'm very much an introvert. It can become uncomfortable, especially <laughs> if you're not used to it. Mm. And especially if you've never been to maybe where you are networking mm. and you don't really know anyone. Right, right. That can be very intimidating. Sometimes we kind of feel like we have imposter syndrome, sure, right? right? And, oh, I don't know if I should be here right now. Right. So... All I can know is from my own experience and draw from that. And I would say be authentic. So don't feel like you, because you have the suit on, you have to be the suit. Right. Be human. Right. You have hobbies and likes and all the things. Like we're so complex. You're not just what you do. Mm. Okay. Right. So it's really important to remember that. Right. I am a photographer, but that's not my full identity. Right. I'm also a stepmom, a wife, a daughter, a sister, a friend, right? You do fun stuff too. Yes. Like what? Oh my gosh, so many things. But let's go back to Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> I want to answer Vivian's question. <laughs> sure. So I think in general, authenticity, number one, be relatable. Even if you have to sit in a mirror and think, what am I, how, how do people relate to me? What mm. are my hobbies? What are my likes? Okay, I'm ready. And then go in there. And I feel like if you see someone wearing a pretty color or a handsome tie, right? Something, it's like, oh, I like that. Where'd you get that? Mm. It's not fake. You cannot. People will totally, right, totally right. read that. You have to be genuinely interested right. in people. And so if you don't like people, <laughs> go to a masterclass on how to like people first. <laughs> There's a great book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Absolutely. Read that. First, get over that hurdle because you generally have to like people and be interested in them. Mm. I feel like people love to talk about themselves. That is a known thing when you talk about something that they really want to talk about. Right. So if I know someone has a new baby or their son is in soccer. Right. So like how the weekend's been going with soccer. Are you right. as bogged down as I am? Because my stepsons are in soccer too. Sure. You know, and I feel like when you start to create a more 
human rapport and not just all business all the time. This is my position. This is what I do. What can I do for you? People want to start working with you. You talk to them like they are your best friend. Like you've known them forever. If there's a food vendor at a mixer, let's say, and you walk in this room and you're super intimidated, you don't know anyone in there, and there's a food vendor and you're kind of walk up to the table awkwardly, right? Right. And you're like, that smells so good. Did you guys go try that yet? And it's like, no. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go. Do you want to come? Like, you want to come try this food? Nice. And then instantly, like, you have your food friend. Like, go get the food. Right. Start talking. Talk about an allergy. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, I sure. went to this restaurant and I tried this. And it was great. And then from there, it eventually will segue into business because you're at a mixer or something like that. We'll segue there. But first and foremost, I don't think in general, even for my photo shoots, right? We have that like five to 10 minute warm up, talking about the day, talking right. about other things. And it's like, okay, now let's get down to business. Right. I think people just want to get to know you. And I feel like being friendly, like I said, right. a smile is just everything sometimes. A joke, come with your arsenal book of jokes and ready right. to go, your shellfish jokes. Sure, you told right, me. right, right. Right? I mean, that's fun. And now it's like, okay, you're cool. I kind of want to hang out with you <laughs> beyond this mixer or right. beyond this rotary meeting or right. something, you know? It's like, I want to I wanna know you. Is this how you grew and built your event business? In general, mm -hmm. when I'm photographing for a company, mm -hmm. right? And like, say, the Chamber of Commerce. Right. And they have a mixer, so I'm going and I'm photographing the mixer. Right. But I'm also able to connect with people there as well. Right. And say, hey, I have an event coming up for my company. Or I have a fundraiser, a lot of nonprofits. That's a huge one that we right. do a lot of nonprofit fundraisers. Mm. We also do like Bank of America had their 100-year celebration last year. So we did the big Bank of America event, sure. that kind of stuff. Right. When we do that, it kind of segues from working for the business, then we photograph the event. So that's April and Co. Right. That's April and Co. Event photographers. We do okay. some video too. Okay. I have a videographer, two photographers that are available. Okay. So we can tackle three events in one night. Nice. And I expanded that in 2017. That one was created because I just didn't want to say no because <laughs> I was sure. busy. Right. So it's like, well, I'm going to open this up and kind of create a team. So right. when they come to me, we can say yes. If I don't ask this next question, <laughs> I think every visioneer is going to send me a nasty text message or comment poorly on social media. What do you like to shoot for fun? I know, right? Because <laughs> I mean, you have a personal life. I do. <laughs> you know, so. I do. I do. And there's quite a few things I'd say. Uh -huh. I think on the, let's say, my heart side, right? right. I love the stars and mm. the peacefulness. Of... And we're talking about astronomy. We're not talking about the yes. ones from Hollywood. Yes. And sitting out there, you know, you're... Cameras on tripod, long exposures. You can't move, right? You can't shake the ground or the camera or anything. It's right. all blurry. So just sitting there, it's peaceful. And so I feel really at peace when I photograph the stars and the moon and the Milky Way. And I've even done a family portrait under the Milky Way. Mm. And I just thought, see, that's fun. 
It's no secret that a lot of business owners are struggling right now in California and, and whatnot. And is hope lost mm-hmm. for, for America and the dream? No, absolutely not. I feel like more and more you have the resources online in general. There's so many courses. If you want to be something, become something, pivot out of your career, create, recreate yourself. I absolutely believe that you can totally recreate yourself. There is everything out there to help you, even from money and grants. And there's all those companies helping you get capital to start your dream. More than ever, I feel like there's so many resources that if you want to, you absolutely can. You just can't jump ship when it gets hard because it will get hard. Anyone and everyone who's ever owned their own business or started a new venture has gone through trials, mishaps, a thousand no's for the one yes. But if you just hold steady in the storm and don't jump ship, you will be absolutely fine. And I think finding your mentors first and finding people who are already where you want to be is absolutely key because when you use them as a resource and just say, hey, this is what I'm doing, even if they're another state, another country, say, hey, you are doing exactly what I want to do. I really think it's that straightforward. Hmm. How did you get to where you are? People will share. I don't believe people won't share. And those who don't share, that's not your mentor. That's you not don't the want to be around them anyway. You want, you know, they don't even maybe know they're going to be a mentor to you or guide you. Some have like I didn't sign up for this, but there's still someone you can call now and again, and or just follow them. They may not ever even know you who you are, like Mel Robbins or Tony Robbins, those kind of people, right? Who are like motivating people in business and get out of bed and make it happen. They don't know who you are, right. but if you look at them every day, follow their messages. I think that helps you. April, this has been a real treat. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you for having me. And if visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So if you want to be friends with a photographer, you can go ahead and go to my website, aprilmcgillphoto.com. You can follow me on Instagram at aprilmcgillphoto. Facebook is at aprilcophoto, where we post a lot of event stuff. And... um, Yeah, you can even give me a call. What's your number? 661-477-1926. But I will tell you I screen my calls. So if you want to text me or leave a voicemail, then we're all good. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and leave a comment. Say something nice about our show in April, and we'll be right back with my final thought. Visioneers, we've got a lot of changes going on here at Small Business Celebration for season six. One of them is we now have a blog. Yes, 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 we've finally grown up. And yes, we've got ourselves a blog. And check it out at smallbusinesscelebration.com forward slash blog. We've got extra content, more information on the guests that we've got there. So check it out at smallbusinesscelebration.com forward slash blog today. 
thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.